Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part one of my conversation with Carol Bartholomew, principal of Polaris K-12 School. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Hello, Carol Bartholomew. It is so good to see you today. Hi, Kelly. Welcome. Thank you for letting me join. Absolutely. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. And for everyone listening, this is the amazing Carol. She's the K-12 principal at Polaris, an optional school within the Anchorage School District, serving grades K-12. through So, Carol, to kick off our conversation today, um, I was realizing with all of the interactions that I've had with you and the faculty and the students there, I don't think I have learned, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested in knowing, how you made your way to Polaris. Could you tell us about that a bit? Um, Yeah, so... This is, I, I was just doing the math and this is my 36th year in education. Wow. And um, I started teaching in Florida, moved up to um, Alaska and uh, was working with Title I. And I found that I was always teaching a little outside the box mm-hmm. and always doing things a little bit different, not fitting in that that norm, wanting always to kind of skirt things a little bit. And I found Polaris. And Polaris is a school where we really focus on helping students become self-directed learners, lifelong learners, um, really working to empower our students, really being active participants in their own learning. And it was a great fit for me. So I came to Polaris in 1999 as a teacher. Okay. And um, taught for many years and took on many different types of leadership roles. And then eventually um, moved into an assistant principal position here Mm -hmm. and then an acting principal position. And for the last 10 years, I've been the principal here. Um, So since the school opened in 94, there has been just two principals total. Um, Denise, who started the school and myself. Um, so it's just been a, a great fit. It's been the school I've always wanted to be at. Um, I choose That's to be wonderful. at. Oh, what a great story. When you first started teaching, what, what grades were you teaching? Um, I first started in first grade. Okay. Um, I eventually moved into what was like a modified primary grade and then kindergarten because the principal kept telling me that, you know, what you want to do is awesome, but everyone else on your team is doing this. So maybe if you move to this grade where you're just kind of on your own and you can do what you want to do. Uh-huh. Um, so it's way, way back then it kind of started with wanting to like buck the system a little bit um, and, and provide developmentally appropriate practices for kids. And yeah. um, so it, it started way back then. It, I've been a, mostly a primary teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I have to wonder, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later too, but having that background and working with those younger students, I have a feeling may have played a part in you knowing that they were fully capable of 
creating e-portfolios and reflecting on their learning. So I, I feel like it's yes. kind of come full circle there somehow. So that, that's really interesting. Um, I didn't know that about you. Um, so you spoke a little bit about um, kind of Polaris's mission, but how do you think it's really um, a, a unique school unlike others that you might find within the, the district? What are the things that you're doing that are different? or out of the box, as you might yeah, say. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, so we're considered an optional program. Um, mm-hmm. And what that means for Anchorage School District is that students apply through a lottery system. Um, we don't have bus transportation, so all of our parents commit to driving their student to and from school every day. So it takes a level of commitment from, from parents as well. Sure. Yeah. But, as an alternative or optional type of a program, we have a lot of flexibility within our board policy to use curriculum um, and instructional me- measures and student evaluations that mm-hmm. we believe more meet the needs of our students. And so the curriculum that the ASD is using is different from the curriculum we're using. Um, Interesting. Okay. Use, as part of our evaluation system, our elementary students don't receive grades. Um, our secondary students do um, for Carnegie credit purposes. Um, sure. But we yeah. all maintain portfolios. Um, and, and I know that's what we'll be, we'll be talking about in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk um, about portfolios. So, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> um, so we, we have a flexibility with um, that our classes are all multi-age. Mm-hmm. So um, we have K-1 students together, two, three students, fourth and fifth grade students. And then within our secondary program, there are some classes that are just middle school students. So the, for nice. us, that's sixth through eighth grade. Yeah. Um, but some classes like our electives and our advisory, which um, those are classes that in- include students grades six through 12. Wow. Um, so that's something that makes us really unique in the district is that all of our classes are multi-age. Um, we are the only brick and mortar K-12 school in Anchorage. And we run not like you might see other K-12 schools. Um, a lot of K-12 schools that I've seen across the country, they have a separate wing Mm-hmm. for their el- secondary wing and their elementary wing. Ours are all mixed together. So as you walk the halls, I have a K-1 class next to a secondary halls. class. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's all intermingled and our students um, work together and they, they um, have buddies, um, secondary mm-hmm. and elementary buddies. So it really provides some unique opportunities um, in that way. And we also have intensives, which are a pretty unique opportunity um, within our school that other schools aren't offering within the district um, with the exception of one other secondary school. We, there are two to three weeks study on a particular topic. So students um, work with teachers and we create curriculum um, based on student interest and student need. And mm-hmm. students um, spend that two to three weeks on that topic, and they range. They range from um, physics, and students went out into the field, and they went to a 
a billiard hall and learned about the physics of playing pool. And um, we've had fencing and bread making and skiing and snowboarding. So they run the gamut. Um, We also have students who teach intensives or teach classes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very encouraged here. This last quarter, even though we were online, I had a student who was teaching a ukulele class to other students. Oh, that is Um, fabulous. So it definitely, some of those pieces are very unique. Um, We also have an advisory period for our secondary students that is not just your academic credit check in your, like you would think of your traditional homeroom, but they really work on developing leadership skills, getting them involved in the community, doing community service. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a, a much broader picture of what our advisory does than just a homeroom type of a situation. Um, And does that start in the lower school as well, Carol? That starts in sixth grade. So in our elementary school, um, our our classrooms are called family groups. Mm -hmm. Um, All of our teachers go by first names, which Mm -hmm. is definitely a unique um, feature. Um, So our students are with the same teacher for two years um, in elementary. And again, the idea behind it of being a family group and first names is that we want to have that sense of community. We want yeah. it to feel like home, um, yes. that extension of home. And and it really just sets a, a tone for how our interactions are with our students. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's oh, kind of a nutshell. Wow, that is just... So lovely. Uh, there were so many things that you spoke about that um, I would just love to see implemented within other schools. Uh, I feel like the opportunity for students to kind of intermingle with grade levels, I can just imagine how that gives some of the the older students the opportunity to teach and mentor and inspire the younger students. And I can imagine the younger students getting the older students to just kind of think about things differently or kind of reignite their excitement Mm -hmm. about certain subjects because um, they can see their own interests in it. So that, that is just a beautiful thing. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to visit your school a few times and feel that different kind of energy that you have walking through the hallways and even going into the classrooms. You know, everyone just seems very comfortable in their space and interacting. And the students were so welcoming and ready to talk to us and share their work with us. And we're just incredibly articulate about their work and experiences and things they care about. And I think it is because of that community element that they have that level of comfort in talking to people about who they are and what they've done. So um, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, It, it helps provide some context to what we're going to talk a little bit about next. Um, So I was curious when you first, (laughs) got introduced to portfolios and this could be paper portfolios or uh electronic portfolios okay 
Yeah. So um, when I started working at Polaris back in 1999, yeah. um, part of what Polaris um, established prior prior to that, when as part of the philosophy of the school, was this portfolio system. And the school had been only open about five years at the time when I when mm-hmm. I joined the staff, and there were some pieces that were still being tweaked and worked out. When we would sit down and meet and talk about portfolios, we were these big binders and, you know, the pieces of paper stuck in them. And we would look at our computers and say, there's got to be a way to do this because we had always wanted to try to capture this K-12 experience. Um, We have students that, you know, some of them only stay through elementary, some stay through all of middle school, and then we have others that stay the entire K-12 with us. And how do we capture that across all the grades, all their time here? Uh, Because that bulky binder, just, you couldn't capture many years. One year, you know, filled a binder, you know, inches thick. Um, Mm -hmm. And we would look at our computers and literally the floppy disk (laughs) say, how (laughs) do you make this happen? (laughs) And so we, we really couldn't find a way. The technology wasn't there. Right. Um, So it was a conversation that continually came up. Um, Over years, we continued to refine what portfolios were and define them at Polaris. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once, we started getting that, that technology really in place and teachers were getting their own laptops that they could utilize um, yeah. in, in the building. We really started seeing that we had this potential to shift into this like electronic portfolio world. Mm-hmm. And um, I, if I'm jumping ahead, you can, you oh, can no, stop go me. Ahead. Um, no, you're great. Okay. You're great. <laughs> so when we started thinking about that electronic portfolio world, um, a, a friend of mine who is also a colleague at the University of Alaska Anchorage, we were having this conversation about portfolios and how do we start moving into this electronic world? Do we use, um, what kind of website? Do we use a Weebly? What What does this look like for us? Mm-hmm. And she said, hmm, I know someone <laughs> who UAA <laughs> just hired. <laughs> That would be, you know, our Paul Wasco. And let mm-hmm. me connect you up with him. And so we had um, a, a meeting um, at an amazing restaurant here in town um, and enjoyed our oh, company which one? together and just had some cash. Um, Midnight Sun Brewing Company. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. <laughs> And we just had casual conversation, um, getting to know each other and what we've been doing with portfolios up to that yeah. time. And that's when he introduced us to you and Jeff. And I think he might really have just continued to kind of spiral from there. I think he might have called me right after that meal. <laughs> I'm he sure was he did. So excited. I'm I'm thinking that I think I remember this conversation and, um, and I was like, well, 
absolutely, we will help them. You know, what do we need to do? I'll set up a system right now and we can give Carol an account and, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, but yeah, I remember I like to walk and talk on the phone. I know some people are like, I remember kind of walking around my office and he was just so excited. And since that time, he's done so much within uh, UAA, uh, but also the broader community and bringing it to, to other people. Um, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so glad you guys crossed paths. And um, it, it was very fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the best things are, yeah, things you know, really it's took, just took off from that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's been so it fun and, to and, be and, you know, just, a part of it. Yeah. And, to, you know, to give that that shout out to Paul, we would not have been able to get to the point that we are with education had he not provided the support in those early years um, yes. because we weren't in a place that we had the capacity to do that. So having that partnership with UAA, that collaboration with them really helped us in that ground floor, really getting the electronic portfolio piece up and running. Um, mm-hmm. And now we've been able to take it from from there but it was it was pivotal that he and his team were were supportive um of us and helping us get the the pieces um worked out and you know i remember conversations with with you and jeff early on and um you know this isn't this we need this this isn't working and how do we do this just like our elementary needs this and i know we were just throwing ideas out at you and you know have greatly. I mean, you, you've, I mean, of course we're, we're using the platform and had you not worked with us and been open to our ideas and, um, you know, working with us and back, you know, when Joan Watson was, was working with us just really was key. Had, had we not had all those pieces, we would not certainly not be in a place where we are now. And we still have a lot to go. We're still learning and growing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit, but, um, it's, yeah, it's, and that's yeah. part of our mission is that we're an evolving program. We is part of our mission statement, and we've never really arrived. Um, and so, as staff, we embrace that as well. So. Yeah, I think we have a similar philosophy here too. Um, and you know, I think we've talked a little bit about how uh, Jeff and I started creating Digication when we were teaching at Rhode Island School of Design initially for our group of students and I was teaching in the education program there and they had a similar kind of experience. They had been creating those paper portfolios, these big binders for quite a long time. And just logistically, they were running out of storage space (laughs) and they wanted the students to be able to kind of take them with them Um, I don't know how you handled that with your students when they were doing the paper portfolios, if it was something that they brought home or that you had to kind of store away. Um, But I know that that was something that they felt like, you know, they really wanted the student to own it, but the program needed a record of what they had done too. And with that kind of binder format, it was really rather impossible. So I joined the program at a similar time that yeah, you were embarking on your your journey at Polaris. So that's interesting. Yeah. 
And that, and that was some of the barriers that we were running across with that binder portfolio is you know, my daughter was a student from K through 12 here at Polaris. And I have mm-hmm. all of her binders over the years because she graduated before we shuffle, shifted into yeah. portfolios. Um, but as a teacher, students, we would keep the, the binders at school for the year, but then at the end of the year, they would go home. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, you had to find storage for, you know, 24, 26 binders in your class. Um, but even bigger than that was the fact that students couldn't look back. They couldn't Mm -hmm. see work that they had as a third grader. They couldn't look back at what they had done as a second grader. And as a high school student, they couldn't look back if they were a 10th grader. They couldn't see their ninth grade year unless they saved their portfolio. They brought it in. And we really wanted to capture and be able to build on that those reflective skills and and kids being able to really talk about and see how they're learning and growing over time and that that binder method just didn't allow for that logistically to really happen so that was a piece that was always missing yeah that we tried but if you don't have the artifact in front of you it makes it tricky to really think back and reflect and and see. Um, So having it electronically has really been allowing our students to have that broader perspective of growth over time. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're all about this um, idea of making learning visible. And I think you're absolutely right. We may have a general feeling about the growth that we've had, but when we have it right there and we can really see it is when I think the students really start to internalize the, the incredible growth and the value of the curriculum that you have designed there. You know, they can see very clearly that these are the things that are happening along the way and how they're transforming, not just academically, but as people, right? Um, right. so yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that. And I think one of the, uh, kind of key pieces that has led to your success with using e-portfolios, uh, once you did make that transition from the paper was that you already had a very strong understanding of the, the power of creating that kind of documentation of the experience, Mm -hmm. reflecting on that learning and having the student spend time looking at it and sharing it with other people. Um, It's great. They had the opportunity to bring it home and share it with their families as well. Um, But you're right. When they were in these kind of distinct binders, very often they probably didn't get stored and probably weren't dusted off and and brought back out into the open very often. And the uh, online format makes it much easier to, to do so. And I know from my visits there that you have students that start in kindergarten and develop them all the way through their time at the institution. And I don't think it's been 12 years yet that we've been working with each other. So how far have the original (laughs) kindergartners come with their portfolios? 
Well, I was just trying to think about that. I, I'm, I'm trying to think back it, how long it's been. I, I'm thinking it's they not, might be in fifth or sixth grade. That, I, I, I don't think they're out of elementary yet. Yeah, they're, I think it's fifth it's or sixth. It's not been that long because we, yeah, we started a little bit of a slow roll in process, if you will. Yeah. Well, um, and I think you did a great we, job with providing professional development to the teachers. And some of those have become significant kind of leaders in the charge there. So um, that's, that's been good. So maybe they're fourth grade. We'll have to check. <laughs> I'll have to look back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so for those students, they have, so they started in kindergarten all the way through fourth grade. And do they put everything in one portfolio or do some of your students have multiple portfolios that they're using in, in different ways? So it's a little varied in our elementary, mm-hmm. our, our, each of our family group teachers, again, K1, 2, 3, and 4, 5, have, they have a portfolio template that they use with their students. And they look a little bit different simply because we want them to be developmentally appropriately appropriate and easily accessible mm-hmm. to the students. Um, the levels of scaffolding needed for our K-1 is much different than our 4-5. And so the K-1 portfolio looks very different from that. And so we intentionally have set up that the teacher has has um, their template that they're using with those students. Mm-hmm. But as they continue, what, what they can do is they can link. So um, they've been able to link previous portfolios to current portfolios. Mm -hmm. Um, As our students move into our middle school program and our secondary program um, as a whole, because they're with an advisor for that entire time of sixth through 12th grade, um, their advisor, they have a portfolio that they create in their advisory and that stays with them for the entire sixth through 12th grade experience. Um, and then they can link in their elementary um, portfolios. So uh, so yes and no to your question. Yeah, um, it sounds it, like it really you... was just what their needs were. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. And uh, you mentioned that the um, some of the teachers are using a, a template to kind of start this process what are what are some of the elements that are part of that template that you have found to be effective I'm sure over this time period that's been tweaked a little bit yeah so um, overall our as a whole staff we have certain requirements if you will of mm-hmm. what should be within the portfolio and again these are things that we've worked with as a staff over time um, to to agree with um, and to come up with a, a a group commitment to. And so every student has basically an, an introduction or an autobiography type of a page or in our primary, it's an about me page. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone has something that just is an introduction to who they are. Um, and then 
there are our art a uh, section with artifacts. So um, in the different subject areas, again, depending on whether it's elementary or secondary, um, whether it's their subjects or their core classes, their by period. Um, there's a section for their artifacts and reflection of with their artifacts. There's a section where we talk about what what many of our staff call the overall big picture reflection. And so mm-hmm. overall thinking about your learning as a whole. Um, and again, that that looks very different when we're talking, you know, elementary versus our secondary program. Um, then we expand that because we want students to, they're not just academic people. Mm-hmm. There are so much more than their academics. Yeah. And so we have a section that is about their intensives that I spoke to a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can put information about their intensives, community service that they participate in, things that they do outside of school. We want kids to have a space and a place for them to um, add if if they're dancers or they're sports, whatever they're doing outside the right. school walls right. to include in there. Um, we've also um, been slowly adding in um, the six C's of 21st century education. And so mm. we have completely implemented citizenship and collaboration and we'll be adding creativity next year. And what we've done is we've created a framework, a basic definition of what that means to us at Polaris and Mm -hmm. what are the qualities um, of those, those pieces. So we just finished creating it as a staff for creativity and we defined it and then we have three areas that are the big overarching highlights. And then what we're going to be talking about next year is we don't want students to just be digging through, okay, this is an artifact that shows collaboration. And this is an artifact that shows citizenship, which is a little bit of what's happening right now as we're we're still working through. What we want to do is for kids to be able to um, look at work and say, wow, this is an example of me showing citizenship, or this is a time I had to collaborate. And we're talking about badges and mm-hmm. um, things like that, that students can can mark on their artifact that this is an example of. So we've yeah. been slowly adding those pieces. Um, so really, that was a long way to say those are the key factors that are the key components of the portfolio that everyone includes. Um, again, it looks different at different different levels. Um, some teachers, many of our secondary teachers have students add a resume mm-hmm. um, as well um, to that. And so it, it's just really trying to show the student not just as their academic self and reflecting on that, but also their their self as a human being else outside of the academics and how they're right. using those 21st century skills um, because we know that that's what they're going to use when they leave us. This concludes part one of our conversation with Carol Bartholomew from Polaris K-12 School. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. 
Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative ePortfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius and Amanda Driscoll. Thanks for listening.